a messiah to deliver my people. Please, Lord, let Elizabeth be with child as the angel spoke. should come to me. The moment I heard your voice, my child leapt in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believes the Lord's words. <laughs> Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Uh, welcome to the well. <coughs> I'm not Abuna Anthony, <laughs> but... Uh, we all uh, have aspirations of many sorts, but that is not mine. <laughs> he is an inspiration, actually, to many of us, and I thank him for giving me this opportunity. I thank God and thank you for your patience. I apologize. I don't have a handout. Um, that's one of the things that you know we, we aspire. <laughs> but if anyone sees my advisor, don't tell him that I'm here <laughs> because I'm not supposed to be uh, traveling as much and doing these things. But... Uh, as you saw in the video, uh, this is uh, the Sunday for the visitation. And um, you've been doing a series about different personalities uh, in the story of the Nativity. And today, <coughs> we'll focus on the Virgin Mary, the Holy Virgin Mary. This will... It's working. You can have anyone else there. <laughs> It'll be a little hard without the presentation, but not impossible. <laughs> uh, so I know that you had the first uh, talk, which was focused on Joseph, the carpenter, the second one, which was on the child Jesus. And today we'll speak about the Holy Virgin Mary, and especially on how that we see the will of God in our life and how we submit to him. There were, uh, I didn't get to attend the second one, but... Uh, only uh, I took some of the main points from the first one as part of review. And then we'll add another three points about how to discern the will of God and how to submit to his will. Uh, in terms of uh, the Virgin Mary, as you know, that there was a plan that she had, and there was a plan that uh, God wanted. <coughs> and in each of these cases, the plan, uh, which we usually have, is not always in sync or in line what God wants. Um, so for Joseph, he wanted to live a quiet and peaceful life, as you know, and uh, God had another plan. Uh, he was in the age probably of retirement, <laughs> probably didn't think of uh, marriage or uh, at that time or uh, taking care of children, but of course God had a different plan. Uh, God, uh, the Father, when he created the world, he had a plan and a vision for us. 
But when that when we fell short of our side <laughs> of the the plan, God recalculated, and He uh, He came with it with a plan of salvation or what we call the economy of salvation. For the Holy Virgin Mary, we can say at least in four ways that she, her plan and her vision for how she wanted to live her life, God quickly uh, and abruptly, you can say, made an adjustment in that. So the first one, which is okay, um, is that she wanted to be consecrated. She wanted, if she took the example of Anna the prophetess, which we also see in the Gospel of Luke, that she was living in the temple all the days of her life at an old age. <coughs> we know, of course, for the young girls, they had a certain period of time where they could serve in the temple, and then they had to leave. Uh, but later on, the, at least we have one example of this. And probably this was in the mind of the Virgin Mary. But at a very young age... She was asked to leave the temple. She doesn't even get to choose where she wants to go uh, or who she would spend the rest of, of, of her life with. According to the Protoevangelion of James, which most of the church tradition, not just our church, but actually most of the Christian tradition, all of the stories related to the Virgin Mary that we hear about and we have in the praises and we have in the church is taken from this book or this old gospel, but it's not as we know, part of the Bible, but it's the closest that you can get afterwards. And so all of the <coughs> dates that we have, the presentation of the Virgin Mary in the temple, the uh, meeting b between her and Joseph, and all of these stories are taken from that book. Um, so from this, we, have, uh, we are told that she was dedicated at the age of three or so, and at the age of 12, some people say 14, 15, or later, that uh, she was <coughs> betrothed to Joseph. And um, we have the story of the 12 rods, and from them they selected uh, Joseph's rod, uh, or in, in this story where the, butt, the, the dove had actually landed on this, and that was the sign that he would be the one to take the Holy Virgin Mary. The second part of her plan was that <coughs> she wanted, or she didn't think about children. And she had preferred, of course, the life of, of virginity. And that's why when the angel told her, right, you have a child, she said, how can this be? Like, I don't know a man. And she was not planning. She said, okay, maybe I'll accept betrothal. <laughs> so, you know, someone to take care of me. But this is not in my plan. <clears throat> of course, God had a different plan. And in a miraculous way, that's why we call her, we still call her the Ever-Virgin. And as you know, in the icons of the Holy Virgin Mary, they usually have three stars on her, right? The one on her forehead, and then on the two shoulders, sometimes the second shoulder is covered to show that she's a virgin before giving birth, during, and after. And <coughs> the, um, I know that Abuna covered with you the word until, and what's its meaning uh, that she... Uh, was you know a virgin until in the time of her uh, virginity did not end after the birth of uh, the, the Lord. Um, there are two different ways of explaining in history how the Virgin Mary or how we explain the brothers of the Lord. There's one by St. Epiphanius or famous by Epiphanius and the other one by St. Jerome. The first one um, which describes the brothers being those of Joseph from a previous marriage, because he was an older man, 
um, as we know, at least in the Orthodox tradition, uh, this is the explanation, mainly most of the Orthodox. Um, uh, and so he, um, he had these former children, and they were the brothers. The, the explanation by St. Jerome, which mo more of the Catholic opinion, uh, which they accept as uh, cousins, or there are four different meanings of the word brother, that could be trans, and one of them is uh, as a cousin. We don't really know exactly which one is true, and different opinions are here and there, but we know that she was <laughs> ever virgin, and uh, I'll leave it to you. Like, even the fathers on this, as far as I know, are not completely in agreement as to how, <laughs> but they are in agreement that uh, she is ever virgin. The third... Um, if we can get to it, is the quiet and peaceful life. And this is um, actually one of my favorites because most of the saints, <coughs> they had this desire and this will. Even St. Anthony, when he went to the mountain, it was his desire to stay in the mountain. But there were a couple times when God called him to leave and to go. Uh, and this sacrifice of the life of quietness and peaceful life, which even... Uh, St. Paul speaks about, and even many times, uh, not just the St. Timothy, the Thessalonians and Colossians, was the same desire as we heard of Joseph, was the same desire of the Virgin Mary. Even Moses, when he was in the wilderness for 40 years, he thought that's it. Like, he reached the age of 80. <laughs> and then he said, I, I fin I'm, I'm in retirement stage, just like Joseph. And God said, okay, now you're ready. Now I have the work <laughs> for you for the rest of your life. <clears throat> and we know that she had uh, made a lot of sacrifice, not only in the uh, life of the Lord Jesus Christ on earth, but even afterwards, she was a very public figure. Like even from the time we, the story that we know from her departure, she was taking care of uh, the virgins, as, as we know, which came the model or the example for many of the nuns or the consecrated sisters that uh, she was taking care of them. And even during the ministry of the Lord, she was taking care of uh, the Lord and some time when he was in the area and the apostles as well. So she was, as we always say, the, the, the mother of us all or the lady of us all. The last one was to care for her, her son and to watch him grow, to be with him, which every mother's desire, right? To be with their children. So if some of you desired uh, and... Um, to leave and to work and you got accepted into a different college or school or career or whatever and you leave home of course I mean usually it's not the happiest day <laughs> at home right and especially for the mother like the father they can understand and they see there's a plan and there's a will and you know at least publicly they won't show <laughs> but the, the heart of the mother say what do you mean and then the sacrifice that she has for her son, not just to be with him, but to give him for the life of the world. That's why we say in the ninth hour, she said, the whole world rejoices, my heart burns as I look at your crucifixion. So this, this was the ultimate sacrifice that she had, not just for her life, but for the life of her son. Some of the parents will say, do whatever you want with me, but for my children, <laughs> this, they, I, especially, um, you know, in, in the the Middle Eastern culture especially. Well, I know one of the ladies, it's a very hard story, but his, her uh, son was uh, taking medication completely. He should have been hospitalized. 
And we were telling her, okay, we have to take her. She said, no, no, even if he kills me, I don't care. <laughs> don't take him because she's afraid he's going to go to prison or going here, go there. And I, I couldn't accept. Like, of course, we can't accept anyone to be in that danger. And thankfully, I mean, from that situation, actually, uh, he got the right treatment without her, him leaving, which, like, beyond, beyond our expectation, not usually what most psychologists <laughs> or uh, sociologists will recommend in that situation, but this is the, the request of the mother, always to be with uh, her children. Um, okay. So, summary, basically, almost all of the desires of her heart, <laughs> the deep requests, are not there. And actually, this is one of the signs, usually, of what God's will is. Like, what we really want, or what we prefer, what is our desire, most of the time, we have uh, a sacrifice. That's the last point we'll get to, not the first. So, we'll go to uh, the, the three that you had the first week, that God's plan is always bigger, it's usually harder, and it's infinitely better. We can also add three more that it's usually unattractive or illogical. doesn't make sense. It requires our consideration, our reasoning. And the last one, it requires the greater sacrifice. Um, in terms of unattractiveness, um, this slide might not make sense. But if you live, uh, the bachelors, <laughs> I think, would understand this. You want to figure out which food, when it has mold, is edible and which is not edible. And I was surprised the USDA has a chart. Uh, this is a very brief summary of that chart. You can figure out which foods are actually okay and which ones are not okay. And <coughs> the reason why I put this is because and on one occasion, right, there was a scientist who discovered that when there was mold on a certain bread, at least from what we know, I'm not a scientist, <laughs> but that it resulted in a cure. I was just talking to some people a couple days ago that one of the scientists right now is researching the cure for cancer and he is using, does anyone know which virus he's using to cure cancer? HIV, yes, because it has a way of um, reaching all of the blood cells. So they take out what is uh, dangerous to the body and inject whatever the treatment is. But who would have thought, like, and even, I'm sure, when he proposed it the first time, people told him, are you crazy? <laughs> You're going to inject people with this virus, and it will cure them from cancer? So God's will many times, especially, it is not the most attractive or the most logical. Um, the manna is one of the best examples of this. In the beginning, the people, in is the Israelites, were amazed that they saw some rain coming down from heaven or dew, and they were able to eat from the manna. And even the color of the manna, we're not sure what it is. The, the Bible tells us it's called bedellium. Does anyone know what that means? Do anyone know what color is? Even the scholars, this probably the only time it's used in scripture. Some people, they say it looks like pearls. Other people say it looks like um, uh, the color of myrrh, which I like both of those explanations. We know that it's like the coriander seed. So it's likened to what would look like bread, but also of the color of myrrh, of blood. But this, <coughs> which they couldn't even define it, that's why they called it, what is that? <laughs> uh, what manna is. And after a while, even though it was that amazing, after a while, the people were disgusted by it. 
And God even told them if they keep it overnight, it will grow worms and it will stink. There's a type of cheese, I believe, <laughs> you know, that also has this gift of growing cheese, uh, worms, uh, and it's supposed to be very tasty. Um, but this is not what we're talking about, and <laughs> this is not of the attractiveness. Uh, but in terms of God's will, in terms of God's will, it is, even if it's that amazing in the beginning, after a while, we ourselves may be fed up with what God's will for us is. <coughs> the second thing, uh, that it, it's illogical. Um, <coughs> so <coughs> if you take the choice of God's servants, like we said, we used, already talked about Moses, who was chosen at the age of 80. David was chosen at a very young age, and he wasn't even his father's first choice or second choice or actually any choice of what his father chose to be the king. <coughs> uh, there's also the fishermen who are inexperienced. They weren't public figures. They weren't meant to be public figures, but God chose them on purpose. There were others like St. Paul, <coughs> but even St. Paul, nobody would have chosen Saul to be uh, the next apostle. And at, in the very beginning, the apostles rejected him for a certain period of time. So for three years, he went to Arabia, and the Lord taught him directly. So usually God's choice is even rejected by the faithful, the faithful people of God. Um, <coughs> the, the second main thing is that it requires our consideration. God does not like to give us rules uh, or lists. He had to do it, of course, for the commandments, to tell us what is holy, what is good, what is just, and what isn't. But he, and he requires our choice for his will. This is part of what we have to make our which consideration. So in, any lawyers, here, there's something in contract called consideration, which means that you would have to take, this is a legal definition, something of value given by both parties to a contract that induces them to enter into the agreement and exchange mutual performances. Basically, it's something they give as a promise, and once that's given, <coughs> then they enter into this agreement. And even in the Annunciation, that, which we heard last Sunday, that St. Mary had to give her assent. And, and it's mentioned, if you read very carefully in the Gospel of Luke, that there's a time when she said, how can this be? This is her reasoning. Like God, even though it's illogical, it doesn't mean we're not supposed to think about it. We're, we are supposed to ask, how is this? It's our job as uh, human beings to wonder at the amazing work of God. Like even the angels, I don't think they understand everything what's going on. <laughs> and as we were talking yesterday, when God came to save his people, most of the time I'm sure the angels are, are asking what's going on, what's happening? What is this? <laughs> how can, you, how can uh, God be an infant? Um, so this is uh, the work for us, the work, word in the Greek, uh, it's related to the English word dialogue. So we have an internal dialogue with our self-reasoning. And that is a very important part of prayer when we're coming to figure out or discover what's God's will for us. There's this internal um, search for what's God's will. Zacharias had the same dialogue, but when you look at it in the gospel, you say, how come Zacharias was... Um, punished for asking the same exact question as the Holy Virgin Mary. Does God have favorites with the Virgin Mary? <laughs> but he knew that the question of Zechariah 
was asking out of doubt, and he wasn't really asking why. Like two people can ask the same question, but if you know the heart, one of them <laughs> is asking either uh, out of anger, frustration, rejection. The other one inquiring, really, how, how is this? How can it be? Uh, it never happened before. There were many examples that Zacharias had and Elizabeth had of other uh, barren women who gave birth uh, to children. But for a virgin mother, uh, a uh, virgin to give birth, this had never happened, nor will ever happen uh, for us. Okay. Uh, so even with uh, Abraham, when Abraham was told, he wondered and he accepted. Sarah laughed. Actually, it was very deep inside. <laughs> That's what she said, I didn't laugh. Maybe outside she didn't laugh, but inside she said, yeah, I, this angel, <laughs> this visitor, we're not sure, <laughs> let's feed them, and maybe <laughs> we'll talk about it later. So that's why uh, the Lord, he challenged her, he said, you didn't laugh, but you will receive this, even though. So he wants us to consider, he wants us to ponder, he wants us to wonder, but with the uh, open heart, willing to accept. Uh, so this is the second one of consideration. Joseph also it's meant, he said, when he thought about it, these things, behold, the angel appeared to him in a dream. <clears throat> so Joseph was also wondering what's going on. And as you know, also from the first week that he was planning to put her away secretly. And he was planning, how can I do this? Because he was an honorable man and he didn't want to dishonor uh, the Virgin Mary. But reasoning and pondering, that's when God came to answer. Also, Moses the prophet, you know, in the wilderness, when did God speak to Moses from the bush? You have, you have a guess? When he turned <laughs> and wondered, how can this be? And it was then that God said, Moses, Moses, and I have something for you to do. So this, the work of the burning bush was to get his attention, was to show him that there's something different here in a different place, and to prepare him to receive what God wants from him. <clears throat> the third thing, which is sacrifice, uh, and uh, this is the most important. If you have a decision to make, and maybe between two things, and they're all equal, um, and you do your charts of the positives and the negatives, the advantages, and you pray about it, but usually there's one, when they're that close, if one requires more sacrifice, it's not exactly what you want, but you know that it will. You can see longer down the line, there's a greater benefit. Usually that's the choice of God. So when Abraham was met with this decision with Lot, his nephew, and they came to a wide area, and they knew that both of their families, or their parts of the family, could not continue together, Abraham looked and told them, okay, there's this land and there's this land. You pick whichever one you pick, I'll do the other. Like actually Abraham, the great Abraham, and he was the one instructed by God. You say, how can you take that risk? <laughs> Even, because you know God is going to show him the place, and he told you, go to the place, I'll show you. He didn't give him a map. He said, go wherever, I show you. <clears throat> and at this point, Abraham could have said, okay, I'm going to go to a certain place. When God tells me, you go the other way. <laughs> but he didn't. He said, you pick, and I will submit. I'm the older one. <laughs> He's the one called. 
But this life of submission, this was the example. So what did Lot do? He found the very well-watered place, and it was already civilized. It was much, much easier to dwell uh, there. And in Canaan, it was not, there's nothing there. That Yes, there was some water. It was going to be much harder. So what did Lot say? I'll take the easy way, <laughs> the developed one, the one that's tried and true. And Abraham, I, even though you're older, God will bless you. He didn't think <laughs> twice. What happened several years later? Abraham truly, God said, once he went, he said, I bless you in this place, and it will be the source of blessing for generations. Even till now, Canaan is still civilized, still developed. What happened to Lot, <laughs> or Sodom and Gomorrah, and the whole place was destroyed, and even some of the places we don't know exactly, <coughs> sorry, we don't know exactly where some of those cities are located. Until recently, they found some maps that would pinpoint where the cities are, but to show the devastation which he found. So the easy way is usually not God's way. I'm going to say it, it's not a hard and fast rule, but usually, usually the harder way, the narrow road, the place where, which requires more sacrifice and more work, that's the way that God is calling us to do. Um, so if we uh, put also the sacrifice of Abraham, this was, uh, fulfills all of them, right? Illogical. The son that I was asking for for many years and that you're waiting for, go and sacrifice. There's no human sacrifice. I mean, didn't happen before. Again, the request itself doesn't make sense. <laughs> and it, it actually goes against the principle of creation. Uh, when you think about it, there's, it's completely illogical and unattractive to the point where probably he had to wake up early to hide what's going on from Sarah because if Sarah finds out <laughs> it's going to be a big problem <laughs> right so he knew I have to go early well by the time I'll get things done and then come down and in some of the modern movies they they depicted and she chases after after them we don't know exactly what happens but we know that and even if you ask Abraham because when his son says, his uh, servant said, what are you going to do? He said, we'll go up and we'll come down. So what do you mean you'll come down? You know that you're going to sacrifice your son. If you asked him, he said, I'm not exactly sure. I know the God is the God of life. But how it's going to happen, he doesn't know. But he knows God asked for a sacrifice. We will offer the sacrifice. And this is, this is the will of God. Like When we know that we're going to a certain place, and we don't know exactly what's happening, but we know right now God is asking us for something to offer. He's asking for what is uncomfortable, what is illogical, and, but what seems to give uh, fruit. And that's the great saints were challenged with great things. Like, did anyone else after? And we asked them to offer their children in this way. That was unnecessary. It was only once. And usually those unique... Um, requests which God asks from us it's followed by great blessings um, and so we're uh, often in this world we have you know uh, everything is co cookie cutter and we have many models and examples of uh, but when God creates he has a unique plan and a unique path for every one of us so by following each other or copying too much and looking at too many models it won't work um, the models are there to take us, to give us the principles, but not the actual 
uh, actions which we have to make. Um, so if we were to review <coughs> some of these, we'll find that and when you're searching for the will of God or the plan of God, it's, uh, it's usually a challenge. And actually one of the difficult prayers to ask, which, which are asking God to give us the greater challenge. Like usually when we pray, we ask for our life to be simplified, to be you know, easier, to let the problems go away <laughs> and let the joy come and let us you know, uh, give joy to other people. But the saints, they were asking, how can we sacrifice more for you? How can we give up what we have in a certain way? How can we uh, express the gratitude of your son for us in our life? And it's a hard prayer, like when, when we even think of pronouncing it, <laughs> we may hesitate. We're praying for sacrifice. Some of the saints even prayed for sickness. They say it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but they said they wanted to suffer. Uh, so it's, it's against, it's illogical. Why would, I know one of the fathers, when he used to pray for the sick people, who has asked for the blessing for sickness, take away their sickness and let me experience for a while. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> and this is not what the prayer, even when we go to pray on the sick, the litany of the sick, we say, take away from them and from us, even though I might not be sick, <laughs> all sickness and all disease. Why? Because the sickness was a sign of the fallenness of, of the, the human condition. Um, and in heaven, there's no sickness. Uh, or when we have someone who's grieving, so we pray for them to be comforted. And St. Paul says, when you comfort others with the comfort that you receive. So if I'm not comforted, I can't give comfort. So uh, there is the, the logical progression. But then God says, weep with those who weep. <laughs> it's, this, is, this is the fellowship of the difficulties. Of, that's why Christ said he came to take our afflictions and to take our uh, uh, needs. We, have, we say in our needs, we have no helper but you. So we ask in this time when we're trying to figure out the plan of God, we're thanking him from the new year and seeing what God has done with us from all of these years. And then we say, okay, let 2014 be the way of sacrifice and of blessing. And we know that for every sacrifice, there is a way of blessing. Or at least, even if we're not willing to accept any new sacrifice, allow us to accept our present condition. I can remember one of the fathers said, now is the best time of your life, and today is the best day of your life. So we rejoice in today because this is what God gave us. It's hard. Someone says it's hard. When you don't know what I'm... I said, I don't. <laughs> and what you have, nobody else has, the good and the bad. But when we are thankful and we rejoice at what God has done, then we're able to see things clearly. Any one of the saints could have made a list of complaints before God. But to make a list of things to thank God for, this is uh, the challenge, especially in our day and age. Like you find anyone who's a little bit older and you ask them about their life, they can give you the list of the problems of the people, <laughs> right? As if they're carrying it on their own. But have a list of thanksgiving for what God has done for the rest of the people. It's, ra it's rare to find. It's not impossible. So let us rejoice in what God gave us and let us search for his plan. Glory be to him now and ever. To the ages of all ages, amen. We'll say a quick prayer. Get you out a little early.
name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and God, amen, Lord, we thank you, we bless you, we glorify you for allowing us, O Lord, to partake of your body and your precious blood. We thank you, O Lord, for giving us the church as a house of the angels, for us to dwell and to see your heavenly mysteries. We thank you, O Lord, for the word which gives to life and which comforts us from every difficulty. We thank you for your graciousness and for your mercy for coming to earth and for accepting all of our sufferings and teaching us the way of salvation. We ask, O oh Lord, that you show forth your light in this dark earth and help us, O oh Lord, how to be small candles that are showing forth for your glory and your mercy. Help us, O oh Lord, how to understand the sacrifice which you made for us and how that we offer our lives as a living sacrifice for you. For this is a reasonable service which we offer unto you. Help us, O oh Lord, how to see the glorious way and to always go about showing your mercy and your grace and your love and your joy to all creation. Bless this church and its servants and its fathers. Bless, O oh Lord, <coughs> all those who are standing before you, each one according to his name and each one according to her name. Bless all those who ask us to remember them in our supplications, those who have no one to remember them. Through the prayers and supplications, Holy Virgin Mary, King John Michael, St. Mark, St. Timothy, St. Athanasius, and all your saints, the saints of this day, Haggai the prophet, hear us when we pray thankfully, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass. And lead us not into temptation. Now may the love of God, the Father, the grace of His only begotten Son, O Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ, the communion, the gift of the Holy Spirit, be with you. Those who wish to go, go in peace. The peace of the Lord be with you.